The following program has been pre-recorded. On this episode of Belonging, the show for young Catholic adults, we'll talk to Carlos, a music composer who's found himself far from Nashville. So I, I do miss Tennessee. You know, for the first time ever, I went to go see a counselor. But he finds his belonging through music. Haydn, a composer, people criticized him. Uh, why is your music so happy? The reason why my music is so happy is because God made me happy, and, you know, my music should be happy for God. And Father Gervon reveals his musical side. Doesn't sounds good, so, but I, I can't sing. <laughs> On this episode of Belonging, Next. This program is made possible by the generous donations of Jeannie and Bill Stasekel, members of Christ the King Parish in Nashville, and by a grant from the Cook Foundation. Take advantage of the many opportunities for young people in the Nashville Diocese to connect and find belonging. Like University Catholic, a community of college-age students who are serious about their faith and unite in fellowship and friendship to deepen their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Go to universitycatholic.org to find out more. You can also connect with young Catholics like you by attending events like Summit Music City. It's a night of music followed by adoration and reconciliation. It's free and open to young people of all faiths. Go to soundscatholic.com. To find the right young Catholic connection for you, call the Catholic Youth Office of the Diocese of Nashville, 615-645-9762. Hello and welcome to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio. Belonging is a place where young Catholic adults can find connection, rest, and encouragement on their journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Zach Jansen. I grew up here in Middle Tennessee. I'm a recent graduate of Belmont University, and I'm here to begin this new show. It was created out of a longing to share our walk with Christ, our insights, joys, and laughter. You're welcome on this journey with us as we together discover what it means to find a sense of belonging. Uh, it's been great to have a lot of great guests. Uh, we're joined every week uh, by Father Gervon, a chaplain at University Catholic here in Nashville, a great priest in the area uh, and this week as a guest we have carlos pacheco a great friend and native here of middle tennessee uh welcome to you both uh carlos tell us a little bit about yourself uh just let us know you know where you're from uh, how, how old you are and, and where you're at these days glad to be on the show um so yeah my name is carlos pacheco i am 24 years old uh i was born and raised in tennessee specifically hendersonville about 30 minutes north of nashville not too far it's a very nice nice little town there and um i'm a graduate of tennessee tech university for the bachelor's in music business and graduated in 2019 2018, excuse me, and I'm getting my master's in orchestral conducting at Oklahoma City University. Wow, so a great musician. Uh, Father Gervon, what are your singing skills like? Are you a singer these days at Mass? I can sing. It doesn't look good. It doesn't sound good, so, but I, I can sing. <laughs> we'll take it. I so, think. The, so the only time that I sing in Mass is on the uh, uh, Good Friday service, because it's a penitential service and everybody's going to have to suffer with me as I say. <laughs> I think that's good penance. Oh my God. <laughs> Ooh, man, well, great to have you on this week. And I think uh, keeping with this, the theme of belonging on the show, uh, what I thought would be great to talk about is, is feeling that sense of belonging when you're moving to a new place. And I know uh, a lot of people that could be moving out of their hometown after years of getting somewhere else in America or out of the country. And a lot of people, if you're listening here in Nashville, if you're a recent resident here, if you just moved in the last five years or so, how new is this town feel to you? 
Um, Carlos, you're talking about your education. So has that pushed you out of the state uh, to study somewhere else? Oh yeah, but definitely. Um, so for those of you who don't, who can't see the video on here, I'm actually wearing a University of Memphis T-shirt. Uh, I actually went there for a year of graduate school, and unfortunately, it didn't work out for me. I had a friend that goes there, and uh, she told the professor, "Hey, I have a friend of mine. You know, he's taking a year off. I think he's great. You should talk to him." He reached out. We connected immediately, and he told me to come on over. I thought about it, and I said. Yes, and I moved in August. So that was about two months, you know, worth of like trying to get myself together, trying to find apartments in Oklahoma, trying to figure out where to go, how do I do this, what do I do that, you know, because it's it's very different trying to get yourself situated um, in a new state, a new area, you know, that's eleven hours away. You know, I, thank God really um, that I had a friend that I knew up there. She introduced me to a few people around the area, uh, which is great because then she left for about a week and a half. And so I just hung out with some new friends that I made immediately. So that helped me so much, you know, just trying to adapt so quickly, get to know the area. And it, it was great. It was great. I was really fortunate to know someone in that area. Yeah, definitely be grateful to have the one person you can have. Is all it takes sometimes, I think, to find a sense of community. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Father, thinking of you and your story, I think is has to be so interesting. Having roots in Brazil, uh, you were talking earlier about how long you've been here in America, but can you just tell us a little bit about your your upbringing and uh, your, your coming to this country? Was, was How much excitement was in your heart or, or scared of something new? Yeah, so I was born in Brazil, moved from Brazil, and it's, I don't think we have enough time to go through my vacation story. <laughs> it might be a long time. But, you know, like in a short version, like a 10 seconds version of it, I was kicked out of the seminary in Brazil. Um, and at that, that point, I was like, what is happening, you know? And at that point, I got mad at God, and I told him something on these lines. I'm done with you. If you want me to be a priest, you have to work this, and you have to be really specific because I'm done. Mm-hmm. Hold and behold, about a week and a half, two weeks later, my host, I was an exchange student in Cookville, Tennessee, when I was in my sophomore year in high school, so I know Tennessee Tech. Yeah. Both my host parents, uh, mo- both of my host parents, were uh, professors at uh, Tennessee Tech. Anyways, but I came visit then, got to meet the bishop, and did the, the whole process of application to the diocese. Went back home, got my stuff ready, and you know, did not really tell my parents that was a process from like uh, uh, March to August. So in July, I received a, a, you know, an email from the diocese saying that I was accepted as a seminary for the diocese. And that's when I told my parents that I was moving 6,000 miles away from Fortaleza, Brazil, to here. And as you can wow. imagine, my parents were not happy with the whole story. Mm. But my mom looked at me and said, and if it doesn't work? I said, I'll put everything back in my suitcase and I come back, you know, and I think, <laughs> so. but I mean, that's, that's, that's where I was, you know, you know, it was a big change. It was a big, you know, decision of, you know, move to the United States. But I thought, I felt that, you know, that that's exactly what God was calling me to be. So, you know, and, and I think a lot of stars, Zach is, we believe and we truly believe that you know when you finish high school you know everything i know what i want you know i know that this is where i want to be i know no you don't you know and change is okay 
and you know you kind of have to reevaluate and you have to you have to see all that stuff and then you have to say it's okay to change so you don't have to have all figured out you you know you have to adapt hey look where we are right now you know with all this coronavirus stuff you have to adapt there is what we want to do and probably we want to do but there is what we can do exactly so there's beauty in not knowing i think everybody in their 20s and 30s if they're if they're starting something new yes uh, they, you're right the word plan i think is what they want they say i need to have my place here and the and the job ready to go and maybe somebody close by um because how scary it is for us to have no guarantees of what's going to happen when we, when we move there mm-hmm. um, thinking of you carlos as well i know father said the word six thousand miles away from home which just hits a place in my heart having not experienced it that but i can feel the sympathy there of knowing that it's it's not all right there when, when you need your family the most. Um, how was it for you being on your own? Did you struggle to find almost happiness in a sense or were you able to slowly find find people to talk to and find a sense of community? It was kind of more backwards, should I say. So I was quick to make some friends. It was great. School sorted off. It was the right amount of education I wanted, you know, just diving into it, what I was really wanting to do. Um, but as the semester went on, the harder it got. You know, I was getting busy. I'm just terrible at time management too. You know, that's just another thing I got to work on. Uh, and so it's, it just got harder and harder. And there's a lot of things, you know, some personal stuff back at home um, that I'm dealing with, you know, my parents trying to get their papers documented, you know, to become citizens. And, uh, you know, I'm still trying to do paperwork for them too. And then, you know, my brother's going through some mental health. And so there's a lot of stuff just family-wise that's just difficult when you're, when you can't do anything about it, you know? And that's, and that really is the hardest part um, is you have to go on. You know, no matter how hard life is, you have to keep going on. I think it's hard taking it a step at a time. Um, yeah, realizing that you can't have all the answers uh, right now as far as like, oh, man, I just want to be there and see my parents or, or my, my or your brother, like you were saying, uh, and just kind of make, make everything okay in a sense. But it's a little bit of suffering you have to go through, I feel like. Of, yeah. Uh, Oh yeah. Just, just definitely you have to go through suffering and just, and you know, it, it got, it got bad to the point where I, I personally went, you know, for the first time ever, I went to go see a counselor. And so for those of you mm-hmm. uh, who are out there who just need the help, you know, I, I would encourage you to go find counseling. You know, I, I'm personally the type of person that doesn't like to go seek help. I try to figure things out on my own. You know, I don't want to put the burden on someone else, but these people are, you know, are getting paid to help you, you know, they're out here to help you, they're here mm-hmm. to talk to you about all your problems. They have solutions. Um, they'll guide you in the right direction of what you want. They're, they're, they will help you see things you've never seen before, you know, mm, and, it, and, it's, and it's great, you know, to have that help out there. Absolutely. And does, just being a part of like, uh, this, just the Catholic church in general, did that provide an anchor for you, a sense of feeling of home? Like the, the mass is a connection for me. Yeah. So, so when I first moved to Oklahoma, I, I went out to go find churches, you know, I did find one that was great. You know, it was a beautiful cathedral. The, the, the father was great. Everything about it was just fantastic. And then of course, you know, still, still being in college, it, I just got busier and busier, you know, as time went on, you know, I would stay up mm. hours on end, you know, and it's, it's hard to still keep that faith alive. You know, when you're at home on your own, you know, my parents would always wake me up, you know, Hey, we're going to church, even though I don't want to. You know, I think we've all been and there. I, yeah, I just want to go to sleep. And, you know, and then I'm, you know, since living on my own for college, I just, you know, just skip out on church. It's just easier that way. You know, it's easier. Mm-hmm. As people say, it's better to ask for forgiveness, you know. And so, you know, it, it's a terrible as that sounds. That's the way it was. But there were some points where I, I, I wish I would have gone more. You know, you get into a habit of mm-hmm. things where you don't want to go. And so you're like, okay, 
this is regular life now. You don't go to church anymore. You don't go anymore, you know? And so it just becomes a routine thing. Um, that, that is, that is a bad habit that becomes a bad habit. Hmm. Have you seen that with your students, father, I guess being in the university life, mm-hmm. is that their sense of community? Like finding home for them is, is the mass with. Yeah. I think one of the things that we talk about the Frasati house, that's where we, you know, like uh, our, so to speak, uh, headquarter, uh, that's a place from home away from home. And that's what we want really have the students to have, you know, there are people here that you, that you can count on, you know, there are people here that it's mm. not that we have all together. We don't, but are people that are here that can help you with that. And I think what Carlos was saying about, you know, it's okay to go seek, you know, counselor. It's okay to go seek people. It's not that they have all together, but they are in a place that they, you know, they've been where you are before and they can help you with that. Uh, I guess I was thinking about too, just even, it's it's so nice to have that that college connection, I guess, with with your students, and then Carlos too, being at, at a school where you can see classmates every week. Personally, I feel in my life, you know, being being Catholic, um, there's not many people out there that are Catholic. You no, know, it's it's not. it's more people that you know, Baptists and Protestants and all that, which which is you know, great. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, go, you, I I want to try to go to church with someone, you know, because all my you know, growing up. I'm sure we all been with our families, you know, go it's, with going with our families, you know, that's the thing going mm-hmm. to church with a family. It's a family activity that you're going to do it with, you know, and then going on your own. is just, it's just weird. You know, you're just going through the emotions because you've been with it through your parents for so long, you know, and it's, it's, it, you, you start to wonder to yourself, is this a part of me or is this a part of my, something that my parents made me do? You know, and that's that's just something that I've been thinking about a lot. It's like, is this who I really want to be, or is this something that my parents? You know, I grew up, you know, being Mexican. Um, you know, it's it's you know, religion is important in that kind of culture. You know, and so it's it's something I'm still trying to battle with sometimes. You know, trying to figure out, you know, who, who am I? What am I to do? You know, trying to find a sense of belonging. You know, like we like the podcast is about. Oh, that's beautiful. We we think, is it a part of me, or like you just said it so simply. Or is this something my parents made me do? I think that's something we all discover every day about ourselves uh, with our habits or whatever routines we're in, like whether it's going to mass um, or just our, our daily lives, the way we live, or the way we do our laundry or clean at home. I think, is this something that is it a part of me or, or my parents made me do? Um, and just being out of the state for the first time, do you feel yourself called back to Tennessee or do you see yourself searching for more in America or even outside of the country? Does your heart long for a, a new location? So I, I do miss Tennessee and, you know, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. for those of you who have never gone, don't go. I mean, it's just flat. Or something like that. <laughs> really? You know, Thank it's, you. you know, it's, you see, you know, those, what is those hay bills, not hay bills. Those like, I don't know, this, this going in the wind, you know, I saw one before and I was like, I thought these were fake. No, they like actually happen in real life. Uh, <laughs> but there's not really a whole lot, you know, to do out there. So I miss you know, the beautiful scenery of Tennessee with the mountains, Smoky Mountains going to Gatlinburg, Nashville, the big city, you know, just Nash- Tennessee has a little bit of everything. It's an odd state, you know, that has everything. But um, as far as my profession goes, being becoming a conductor, um, I want to go see the world. You know, after I graduate, uh, Vienna, Venice, you know, all those wonderful places where the culture is just the, the religious culture center is so rich. I think this is the time to do it while we're young. And maybe if you don't, have a family yet or two settled down. I think this is the time to explore and see something beautiful. Um, I guess talking about Tennessee, uh, how does homecoming feel for you, father? I guess being here, um, do you get chances to go back 
to your home of Brazil or to see family or when you can? Yeah, I do. Normally I go about it, you know, once a year, spend a couple of weeks there. And, but I think that's kind of the shift, you know, I really feel that I belong to the Diocese of Nashville. I really feel that I belong to, you know, so it's like, it's different. And like, my mom doesn't understand that, you know, it's, it's not home for me anymore. You know, I've been here for wow. 10 years now. That's what's beautiful is that home can change. I think even if my father being in his late sixties, I think uh, he's, he was left in Minnesota when he was in his late teens. I always think that was home for him, but being in Tennessee for so long, it's like you said, with Brazil, it's almost like Nashville is your new home now. Mm-hmm. I guess I want to talk a little bit. Yeah. Just about uh, opportunities here. I think in Nashville, um, I know we have that, that beautiful summit. Can you tell us a little bit of, about that father, the summit experience that you've done? I know it's virtual now, but the beautiful yes. chance, I think for young adults to come together in community and adoration. Absolutely. Yeah. So we, we are, you know, Carlos, maybe you're going to end up here again because you're a musician. So that's what they all, all come here to Nashville. But, you know, so PJ Anderson is one of our musicians here. He's awesome. And he has what they call the summit. So the summit is this uh, meeting that they do once a, once a month, and they are able to uh, bring different uh, musicians. And normally they have somebody who come and does a, a, some kind of talk. And it's mm-hmm. time for adoration. And it is time afterwards, you know, after they like the music part that takes about an hour, we all go, used to go across the street to uh, Assumption Church. Mm-hmm. and then uh, have a moment of adoration, praise and worship, and confessions. Carlos, were you able to find opportunities like that in Oklahoma, even if it wasn't like religiously specific, um, but just chances for you to be in a group of people your age doing something together, whether, whether it was eating or I guess maybe studying if you're in school? Um, were there opportunities for you to find community? So the beautiful thing about music is that you do it with, you make it with people. You know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's the beauty of music that I absolutely love. And but just, you know, you know, with this whole quarantine thing, I can't do what I love. You know, I can't I can't make music with people that I want to make music with, do what I want to do. You know, and it's just hard that way, you know, because I'm just sitting here, you know, studying my scores, you know, trying to mm-hmm. hear the perfect symphony in my head. But I can't really hear it. It's all in my head. Of course, it's going to be perfect, you know, but, yeah. you know, you want to be able to work with people. Um, but that's what's so great about the music world is that. You know, you instantly have something to connect with. You know what you want to talk about. You can talk to people. I, um, you know, being a part of the graduate program, I have a lot of graduate friends that I talk to. We hang out, you know, we all have different, you know, beliefs. And, and, it, and it strikes up a good conversation, too, that we just kind of talk about those kind of things. Um, there are a few people in there that that's, you know, atheist, agnostic, a Protestant. I had, there's someone that's Buddhist. Um, and then that's, a, you know, actually one or two Catholic friends in there as well. So it's just a white, it's a melting pot, you know, and that's what makes it so beautiful. We just kind of talk that way. Uh, but the community is just great, you know, in the music world, it can be a, a little toxic, but you know, you just avoid those people. It's amazing. The gift of friendship you have by playing music with people. Has it been a chance for you to like grow in your faith or like just find it in your heart? The way, I guess what I'm asking is, do you like, do you see God in your music in a way when you play or when you listen? And so, yeah, so that's, that's the other thing about music. That's so great is that, you know, 
go, going through time, you know, because one, I'm a huge, I love music history. And so when mu- music first started going out, it's Gregorian chant. And so that was, you know, Forda Church that was going into it. You know, you had the Gudonian hand that kind of goes through it. And and that's what I just love about the music. You know, you have you have Bach that made the cantatas, the masses, that was all there. And, you know, just seeing them make this music for God itself is just absolutely incredible, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. um, Haydn, a uh, composer, people criticized him. Uh, why is your music so happy? And they said, well, the reason why my music is so happy because God made me happy and, and, you know, my music should be happy for God, you know, and that kind of way he writes music. And, uh, you know, there, there's some chances where I really reflect and I'm like, wow, this music is absolutely incredible. Like, it's hard for me not to associate some things with God and then some things with God. You know, there's some music out there that's dedicated to God. You know, this person was inspired by God and some, you know, unfortunately, you know, were inspired by some tragedies that kind of happened, you know, and that's mm. what music, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting. Wow. It's, be- I think that's beautiful. Yeah. How, how even something instrumental uh, can, can find purpose, I think in a, in a religious way for you and what you can see, what you can hear uh, for some great, some great music. Thanks for your testimony. Um, Father, how does, how has music affected you? Like during the mass, I know we were choking about singing earlier, or even in a secular way, um, has music had an impact on you in your priesthood or in the mass? Of course. I mean, you know, like Carlos was saying, the Gregorian chant, and but it just like is the power of music, is the power will unite us, you know. It's that, you know, even if you just listen to it, you know, and I think that the whole praise and worship helps us in that sense, you know, that you know, through adoration or Jesus is there, and like how how can I pour my heart in a concrete, specific way. And I think when we sing, it's like we become part of that, you know. I think I'm not a musician, I never wrote a music, uh, you know, but I think that's the thing as, you know, like as a musician, I think you guys feel like that, you know. When you write something and people sing with you, you become part of that. Wow. Hmm. I think that's what you might say to someone. If, if, if I know we're all, all different personalities out there. If you're extroverted, it might be a little bit easier or a lot easier for you to find uh, that community here. Uh, but for those of us that are introverted out there, um, I think that music is a great sense of belonging there. Um, just singing the same words together that you know. Um, I don't know, Father, what, what would you say to someone that comes to, to Mass or to a student of yours that's introverted? Uh, what's the, is that a good way to open up is either through music or just or just being together? Yeah, I think that with mass, and I think that's the beauty about you know there's a lot of beauty about mass, but the beauty about mass, you know, sometimes if you go to like a, a Protestant, uh, you know, service, a lot of times you know because of the music, you know, you yeah, go, you absolutely. you know you go because of the good preacher. Or, I think for Catholic, and I think that it, it takes a, a little bit of the burden on us priests. We go to mass because of Jesus, hmm. you know. And even if the mass, I mean, if the music was horrible, the preacher was, you know, we still get Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's the reason that we go to mass to get Jesus. And I think that's the hmm. beauty, you know of the catholic church even if the priest is a jerk even the priest is a sinner you know and we are in one way or another but we go to mass because of jesus christ and i think that if if we really one of the things that you know as a priest it makes me really kind of uh angry (laughs) is like when people get 
late mass. You know, so if we really understand mass, what is mass? Mass is where heaven and earth get closest. So anytime that you go to mass, that the closest that you're gonna get to heaven on earth. If we understand that, and if we understand that that piece of bread became really Jesus Christ Himself, I would be more attentive how I go to mass, how I participate in mass. If I really wow. believe that that is Jesus Christ Himself, and I mean that's for me as well, you know, because even being a priest, sometimes I forget stuff like that. Sometimes, like, whoa, hold yeah. on, stop it! I had to get ready for this because it's Jesus Christ Himself was going to be there. And if we have that sense of understanding, you know, I'm pretty sure if you know any, you know, if the mayor or the the governor or the president of the United States invited you to go to a dinner. Hmm. How do you do? You know, I'm pretty sure you're gonna shave. You're gonna you know, get oh, your, you yeah. know, you get your ready. You're gonna try to say, you know, what is my best? You know, what? How should I? You're gonna prepare for that. You know, hmm. I mean, I'm sorry to say, but like Jesus is more important than any of those that we just talk about. How wow. do we prepare for mass? How do we prepare to get that experience? How do we prepare to? truly experience heaven on earth hmm. and if we do this if we understand this and you know i think it, it, it has to make us different yesterday i saw a picture on facebook of this family that you know get ready to go to easter sunday you know all the there are four boys so the youngest ones is three and then the other ones, one is in college and the other two high school students. But everybody have their ties, everybody have the suits, you know, sheen, I mean, clean shave and all that stuff. And I was like, whoa, they understood. Even though that they are watching through TV, but they understood what mess is. They got it. You know, they really understood what is and why we're doing this and all that. It's a beautiful reminder for us to be prepared. I think how can we uh, get ready even when no one's looking in a sense, uh, what, what, is, what does our character show and how we prepare for a special moment like that in the mass? I think that's a big part of what we're taking away from the show today. You know, if, if you're going to a new place, if it's somewhere new, and, and if you're looking for, for the mass to be your home, um, try find someone to go with. Um, it's I think it's hard for us or anyone that's introverted out there. I don't want to say don't go alone because that's the way some people do it. Mm-hmm. But find someone to go with to, to push you the extra mile, um, to hold you accountable so you can find that sense of community, um, that daily decision to find a, a new sense of home, wherever that might be. If it's if it's in America here, if it's if, if you're just now moving to Nashville, um, what extra steps you can take to be prepared to find a place um, called home here. Carlos, Father Javon, thank you for your time today. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you. you. Uh, well, we've come to an end of our time together. I want to again just thank our guests and thank you all uh, and our listening audience for spending your time with us. If you liked what you heard today, let us know. Write to info at wbou.org. Remember that you could tune in online at that same website, wbou.org, on 100.5 FM, the TuneIn app, or with your smart speaker at home by saying, play Nashville Catholic Radio. All our shows are also archived on that same website, wbou.org. Thank you all for listening today. Uh, Special thanks to Jim Crow, our programming director. My name is Zach Jansen. Thank you for listening to Belonging.
on The Next Belonging, the show for young Catholic adults, we'll talk to Mike, who tried just about every faith out there, to the point his family disowned him. Actually, I had no money, and I was being so stubborn about it that I'm living in Utah and I'm donating plasma for food money. He almost started a mission with Mormonism. Yeah. Well, what was really hard for me to kind of convalesce in my mind was how I was supposed to go out and tell these people, here, here's the most amazing news about this faith. Your family can be together not only now, but forever in the afterlife. For me, I don't have a chance. My family is going to hell, but yours, yours has a thing. But he found belonging with the rich heritage of Catholicism. It makes it so much easier to just be like, yes, this the church is instituted by God, because I don't know another institution that can, you know, withstand all those tests. You know, and sometimes, we, I don't know who said it, like, you know, I'm going to destroy the church, like, good luck. The priest has been trying to do this for the last 2,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> on the next Belonging, Thursday at 11 a.m. on WBOU. Nashville Catholic Radio.